Jasmine. And I'm Tracy. Welcome Welcome to the Happy Place Podcast. We're coming to you with conversations about mental health and self-care. Join us as we learn how to better take care of our minds. Just a disclaimer, we are not health professionals. We are merely a mother and a daughter on our own mental health journey, and we are sharing with you what we have learned. In this week's episode, we find out, could I be an empath? All right, let's get into it. Hi, guys. (laughs) So last week, um, we talked about anxiety, and we mentioned being um, an empath. And so I know I had mentioned that maybe we'd do an episode on being an empath. And so we decided that that's what we'd talk about this week. Well, this was a really cool one for us to get in and research because um, I feel like I'm on this kind of new spiritual journey where I'm stretching myself again. And I've talked last week about how I've kind of been struggling with anxiety and depression. And this was a perfect, perfect one for me to research this week Um, because I've grown up hearing the term empath obviously you looked at that a lot when I was younger but also um, as I'm getting older I'm hearing people around me tell me oh you must be an empath you must be an empath and I'm like oh yeah like I can get that I can see that for sure but I didn't really know what an empath was until I started doing the research for this episode well we were talking about how fun this episode will be because we're kind of at different stages with this where um, the term empath started coming into my life when I was a young adult and I've done a lot of research over the years and kind of come, come to the point where I really understand what it is. I'm very <laughs> clear that I am one and I know what that means and it affects my self-talk. It, expe- it affects how I think about myself and the things that I'm dealing with in life. And so it's really cool to see Jasmine just starting to research this and look at her empathic abilities. All right, um, really quick though, I do want to just mention the weekly challenge. Um, last week our weekly challenge was to write to your intuition and determine where your anxiety is coming from. So is it rational? Is it irrational? What first step and what first steps can you take to solve the problem? Um, I did do that last week and it was very helpful and I started writing um, to my deeper self and I won't go too much into that because it is kind of personal for me and it was just a good look for me. So it was a really good experience for me to take a look at that and dive a little bit deeper into what my issues were actually about. Yep. And I wasn't experiencing anxiety and so I didn't do this this exercise. But if you were, um, we'd love to hear if maybe you had some ahas through that experience and if that worked for you. Awesome. All right. Well, we want to begin this episode by talking about First, what is an empath? <laughs> it's kind of important to know. Um, it's a big question, too. I, we won't be able to answer all your questions in this episode, but we hopefully will pique your interest a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like this is something that you relate with, then the biggest thing from this episode is that we hope that it encourages you to go do some research and figure out if maybe this answers a lot of questions that you've had most of your life. It's a very fun rabbit hole to dive into. <laughs> So the definition of empath um, in psychology says, empaths are highly sensitive individuals who have a keen ability to sense what people around them are thinking and feeling. Psychologists may use the term empath to describe a person that experiences a great deal of empathy, often to the point of taking on the pain of others at their own expense. So there are a couple of questions that you can ask yourself to find out if you are an empath. The biggest one is, do people tell you that you're too sensitive or too emotional? Do you hear that frequently? Yeah. I definitely (laughs) hear that frequently. And I love that now, 
the two, the T-O-O, is not even a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't believe I can be too sensitive or too emotional. And I get the, maybe you get offended too easily or things like that. But I have learned to embrace that I am a very sensitive, very emotional person. And I love that about myself. I'm allowed to cry at the end of (laughs) Winnie the Pooh, guys. It's totally fine. (laughs) But a lot of times in past, we'll be told that sentence quite a bit. You're too sensitive or you're too emotional. Well, and there's a quote by Zoe Deschanel that we don't have in this episode because we found one that we liked a lot better but she talks about how people say that women are too sensitive or too emotional but you need to just embrace that and learn that feeling feeling those emotions is a gift not a curse yeah and the fact that you mentioned women I just wanted to bring up that I think a lot of times um being an empath it it tends to be more of a female characteristic Mm -hmm. I know a lot of males oh definitely that are empaths and so um, there are a lot of females that are, but there are males that are too. So it's really cool to just see if this is who you are. And I also think that it's something that it's, I think it's a gift, but it's also something that can be learned. Mm-hmm. I think people can become too in tune with others and become more empathic. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it's something that we're kind of born with or just have in our nature. Yeah, for sure. Um, some other questions you can ask yourself is, do you feel drained when you spend time around certain people? Um, can you tell when people aren't telling the whole truth? Do you feel anxious in crowds? And I have a story about that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think I shared last week about walking into Walmart. Yeah. Um, and But a lot of times, large crowds, I really struggle with, which is interesting because I'm very social. Yep. And I do love to be out and to do things, but I also tend to get anxious in large crowds. Well, and it's funny because I think the energy of the crowd has a lot to do with oh, that, obviously, sure. because like Disneyland, you think of Disneyland, there's huge crowds at Disneyland all the time, and I don't feel like we get anxious or upset at Disneyland usually, but do you remember, we went on a cruise a couple years ago, do you remember at the end of that cruise how annoyed everyone was with each other? Yeah, and drained. Drained. We were so drained. Yeah, like at the end of that cruise, I was extremely tired, I was getting mad at people for really, really dumb stuff, and I think, yeah, the energy of the crowd has a lot to do with it. If you're at Disneyland, most people are excited. Well, Jasmine and I are huge Disneyland fans, and I know a lot of people don't like Disneyland because Mm -hmm. of the crowds and the lines, and and it's interesting, I think there must just be a majority of people at Disneyland are happy to be there and Mm -hmm. giving off positive vibes because Jasmine and I we could go from seven in the morning till midnight and be on full energy still at midnight and most people running back to the car yeah (laughs) and I I mean I've gone with other people that are just drained by that by that time and you would think with our personalities it would drain us but it actually feeds our energy that actually brings up a really interesting point because being an being an empath is really, what did it say in that, in the definition, is that we, we're taking on others' um, energies. Which can go both ways. Which can go both ways. Yeah. So we can be in Walmart and we can be drained and, because we're taking on everybody else's energy that way, or we can be at Disneyland and we can be taking on all the energy of all the little kids that are still going at... One hundred percent. I've learned over my life that the to, the energy that I'm around, the people that I'm around, the attitudes of the people that I'm around affect me. I can leave more energized after being in a big mm-hmm. group, or less energized depending on the group as a whole and yeah. what the majority, yeah, of the energy is. Definitely. So, um, I do. I do remember that. Do you remember there was one Christmas um, when I worked at I worked in the mall, and. 
it's funny because empath wasn't really something that I thought about very much at this point in my life, but this is exactly what that was. Um, so Christmas time at Tricked Out Accessories, it's a like a cell phone accessory phone case store in the mall, and that's where I worked, and it's a very small store, and obviously around Christmas time, everyone wants stocking stuffers, so we have a million people in that tiny, tiny little store around Christmas time, and there was one day in particular, and I think it was like the day or two before Christmas, where I had a full-blown panic attack in the store. I had to go sit in the back room and put my head in between my knees and like breathe, and I remember calling you, and you're like, okay, just breathe, take a drink of water, and like all of that stuff, and I now looking back at that realize that oh my gosh that is because of that big crowd of people I think the coolest thing about learning about empaths or um being empathic because I I don't necessarily want to like say oh you're an empath or you're not because I think anybody can be empathic Mm -hmm. I think the coolest thing about learning about it is it changes that self-talk of what's wrong with me? Yep. Why am I feeling this way? I mean, in a moment like that, when you start feeling panicky, our first go-to is to think, why am I feeling this way? What's wrong with me? What's going on? Where all of a sudden, when you're aware that you're in tune with other people's energy and connected with other people, all of a sudden you know, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed because there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of people coming at me. And I just need to take a break and step away for a minute and calm down. This isn't that something's wrong with me. Yeah. Or I'm not too sensitive or I'm not too emotional. This is just I'm feeling the energy of everybody. It's almost like a no duh. Yeah. Once you know. But if you don't know and you're not aware that uh, all those people are affecting you. It's really easy to blame yourself. Yeah. And to get stuck in that cycle of beating yourself up. Well, and this is kind of weird because it's on the same thread but it's something um that doesn't have to quite do with like how you're feeling but I used to blame myself or get mad at myself because when I was around people for a long period of time I would start like kind of copying their mannerisms or like saying things how they said them or acting how they acted and I've always up until yesterday I've always like gotten mad at myself for doing that like why do you do that why can't you be original and And then I took an uh an empathy quiz yesterday and that was one of the things on there is do you mimic other people's actions and voices and um verbiage and yes I totally do well in my yoga teacher training class we talked about being in relationship with others and then um owning a business I read about this with sales tools too is that it's actually a gift to be able to mirror people yeah to match their energy if they're breathing slow breathing slower if they're high energy having a high energy I even so much as when people get down low it's mm-hmm. automatic that I get down low with yeah. them like if I'm talking to a kid I get down on my knees it comes so natural and so automatic for yeah. me but in sales, it's tools that they actually teach. Yeah. And I didn't realize until I took a sales training that they teach these tools that I do automatically because it's easy for me to connect and be on the same level with people and kind of mirror them. I do it unintentionally. Yeah. And so it's actually a gift to do that. Yeah. That you Tony can, Robbins it helps you to relate that. with people and connect with people. Yeah. That's that's funny because that's something that I've always yeah I've always done that too is in sales training has been like, oh, yeah, I use that. I do that all the time. But we don't think about those things when, like, I feel like we tend to go to the blame side. We don't think about the positives and the gifts until we start learning about it. Oh, that's actually a good thing that we do that. Well, and even though I understood the term and I knew the term, 
um, I started, I didn't really experience it until I went to massage school. And I knew that I was probably an empath. I had heard the term. People had kind of told me I was and, and explained it to me. But when I started to go to massage school, I would have literal things happen where I would be massaging someone and I would all of a sudden get a headache. Mm. And I would start massaging their head because I had a headache. And they would say to me, oh, thank you. I have the worst headache. How did you know to massage there? That's the coolest thing. <laughs> or I would be massaging their leg and all of a sudden my knee on the right side would start hurting. So I would go in and I'd start massaging their knee on the right side where my knee hurt. And they'd say, oh my gosh, how did you know to massage there? And that was really cool for yeah. me. Because that was when I realized that I literally felt what other people, people felt. Feeling. And now as my life has gone on and I do, I hold these women's circles and I sit in a group of women and someone will be talking and I will feel anxiety or I will feel depression or I will feel pain in my chest Mm -hmm. or in my, you know, just different things. And I know even if they don't tell me now that I'm feeling what they're feeling. Yeah. And I've just had enough experience with it and it's been um, validated enough that I, I trust it now and I know. And so I can usually say, hey, I can tell that you're, you have a lot of pain in your chest and that you're hurting or you're sad. And I'm usually right because I, I just feel it. I just know that I've experienced it. Yeah. So us both being empaths has been really cool growing up because even not knowing necessarily what the definition of an empath is, I've known growing up that there are days where you and I will be like miles and miles and miles apart and I'm feeling something that day super strongly and I'm upset and da 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 and then I call you a couple days later and find out that you had something going on that day and I'm like, oh, okay, that's why I was feeling that way. (laughs) Yeah, and I've even had days where I'm feeling depressed or sad and then I hear something happen on the news, Mm -hmm. you know? And so sometimes I've just realized, like, if I'm having a bad day now, I'll just say to my husband, like, something's going on somewhere. Yeah. Somebody's suffering. Something's going on somewhere because I'm pretty in tune now with what's mine and what isn't. And I usually, if I'm feeling sad and I know that it's not mine, yeah. then I can just say, okay, something's going on that I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and it's I've gotten better over time at knowing that. And I think that's just from experience because that's helped yeah. me a ton. Maybe we should do a follow-up episode on like how to determine what's yours and what's not. Because I, I do think that's the trick is really learning, okay, like I've been feeling down lately, but I don't necessarily know why. So that can't be mine, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think that would be a good topic The hard to thing with about. that is um, it's, I think it's an intuitive thing. And I think it just comes up with, with time and trusting your intuition and knowing that, oh, this isn't mine, Mm. which, which comes to once you start to maybe research this and find out whether you're an empath or not, it's going to be really important for you to learn some tools on how to protect you from taking all of that. That would probably be a great episode Yeah, because there's a lot of tools out there to protect you when you are going to be an environment um, where maybe you're going to be around people that could suck your energy well, like, or put bad energy on you. Well, and even, like, I wouldn't even say it in that way necessarily because TP night even, like, we we talk to people all the time after TP night 
because we'll f- you can feel the room and you can feel sometimes that the energy shifts and gets a little bit lower and there was one time in particular that you were like okay we have to talk about empaths and we have to you know because you have to protect your little bubble um and so I think it's important in any any group setting to learn how to protect yourself before going in there because even being around family a lot of the time I have to mentally prepare myself for all the emotions that are going to come my way yeah and that's the the time that she's talking about I actually remember um sometimes at teepee there's a lot of people going through some difficult things and so they're sharing some heavy things and I get the impression that teepee actually attracts a lot of impasse mm-hmm. I think like attracts like and yeah. I think um a lot of the people that come to our circles or our teepee nights are very empathetic people and that's kind of what draws them there yeah is they want to connect with other people that are similar to them and um and I remember just doing a visualization that night because I could feel the room was getting really heavy and I could tell that there were other people in the room taking on that energy and so I I think I did a visual where I opened the window yep. and I said, I want you guys to just picture as people are sharing their stuff that's heavy, just picture that energy kind of floating up and out the window and being released to the universe so that it can be taken care of and we don't need to take that on. Yeah. Because when you hear someone sharing something traumatic, if you're an empathetic person, obviously you're going to feel, if you're compassionate at all, you're going to feel what they're sharing, but you can sympathize with them and not completely take it on and just know this isn't mine and I'm going to just see this being taken care of and kind of dissipating so that I don't take that on. And I think that's usually the awareness is the best part Mm -hmm. because you can visualize that if you're aware if you're aware what I'm feeling is what someone else is feeling or sharing it's easier to say okay that's not mine or not take that on because you're aware yeah protecting my bubble is definitely like that's probably a good practice that I can put into my daily life because right now my biggest thing is I just want solitude like I don't want to be around people because I feel like any person I'm it's almost like I'm hypersensitive to everything right now. So any anybody that comes in that's annoyed or high energy or upset at something or even overly excited or whatever they're feeling, I feel hypersensitive to it right now. And that makes me want to go crawl into a hole and hide by myself. And that explains, I talked about that last week, how I'm feeling that way. Mm-hmm. That totally explains that because I am not protecting myself very much right now and so there might be bigger things going on in the world or it might just be the people around me but I am taking on all of that energy and if I could learn how to see that energy being released to the universe that would change a lot for me right now yeah well and and I think it's okay to um to realize when you are craving that solitude Mm -hmm. that it might be a time that you do need to replenish and Mm -hmm. you do need to have that solitude to kind of prepare yourself to be around crowds again. Yeah. I think I, I for me, it's funny because t- people talk about introverts and extroverts and I flip-flop so much and I've actually studied about ambiverts and I'm like, that's kind of fits me more because I love to be around a crowd. I love to be around people and interact, but I also hate that sometimes. I love to be alone and I love to just be me and, and I can only handle so much of it. So if I'm around a crowd 
one day, the next day I probably want to curl up in a blanket and be alone at home. Yeah. So I can kind of replenish. And I think that's okay. Yeah. To have that time. I do love that. You were even talking one time about like TV and radio. Like when we did the episode and one of our weekly challenges was to only watch uplifting TV or not watch TV at all. You were kind of talking about that that week of even TV was doing that for you because you take on the emotions of the characters in the TV shows. I could get so drawn into a story that it feels like it's my own life. Mm-hmm. And that's part I, part of it. And, you know, I remember when I first started learning about being an empath and I remember going and talking to my mom about it. And it's so weird because I've been raised my whole life by my mom, grew up as a kid and never realized that she had this ability but she's a nurse now, mm-hmm. and I remember her telling me that she could go into a patient that had, like, scratched the, or scraped their knee, cut open their knee, and she would feel the pain in their knee. Oh, my gosh. And so I was like, Mom, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Because it would have maybe helped me understand myself <laughs> and, you know, growing up. But she's she's been that way for a long time, and I she just we just had never talked about it. Yeah. And then on the other end, I have a sister who just came up to me at a wedding we went to a couple weeks ago and said, have you ever heard the term empath? And me and Jasmine just kind of look at each other and smile (laughs) because I'm like, boy, have I heard the term empath. (laughs) So she's just now starting to discover that about herself. And I just, I am like so happy when people start to discover that about themselves because it's life changing in the way you see yourself when you understand that about yourself. And the sad thing is, is now I feel bad that I haven't talked to my sister more about it. So she could have understood that about herself a long time ago. It is kind of cool because I kind of view it as like a superpower. You know, even when you were doing all your massage and your Reiki and you would tell me these stories and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have a superpower. (laughs) You know? So cool. Well, my kids, when I first, um, when I was in massage school and I was learning about Reiki, um, I would come home and they'd have a stomach ache and I would just kind of rub my hands and put my warm hands on their stomach and then their stomach ache would go away and they're like, how'd you do that? It's magic. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, a couple other things just... I mean, I feel like this is pretty obvious, but um, sometimes if you're an empath, if you're in an environment where there's not complete order, you feel anxiety and you feel chaotic just because you're so in tune with your surroundings. Yeah. So you can't function well unless you have complete order and complete cleanliness. Yeah. And um, I think I've talked about this before on an, a previous episode, how uh, we have a junk drawer in my house. And I was really, really anxious one day. And Wes is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, I can't stop thinking about this stupid junk drawer. <laughs> I just want to go and clean it. Yeah, you probably lay in bed and picture the junk drawer. Even, yeah, if my house is messy at all even. Like, I'll sit, I'll lay in bed. And it's funny because I get to the point where I'm like, I know I, I, know I don't either have time to deep clean my house or the dishes are sitting dirty and on my counter and I have to do that but I have all these other things to do and it's just so overwhelming that I can't worry about it right now but it like in the back of my mind like I feel disorderly like I just don't feel right (laughs) so I have to I'm gonna jump ahead for a minute because this is really cool I just realized this as I'm looking at Jasmine's notes so Jasmine and I a lot of times will kind of prepare separately for these maybe write down some notes or some thoughts um, of what we want to talk about 
And so Jasmine last night went on and did a, um, a test, an empath test, or a self-assessment test. And, um, and I'm looking at, she has it pulled up right now, and I'm looking at the self-assessment test that she did. And scroll to the top. It is by Judith Orloff, MD. So the book that I want to recommend for you guys that Jasmine <laughs> didn't even know is The Empath Survival Guide by Judith Orloff, MD. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's just kind of cool. I just she didn't even realize that. But um, so it's like where all my stuff yeah. came from. So our book recommendation we usually do at the end, but our book recommendation is The Empath Survival Guide by Judith Orloff, MD. Awesome. Um, and with that, we can do the quote at the end instead. I'm going to go ahead and jump into the science part because we've got some pretty good stuff here. So one of the sources that I found is called The Differences Between Highly Sensitive People and Empaths. And on this source, um, there is a, like an empathic spectrum that I thought was very interesting um, because it's just, a, it's just a cool way to see if you're, if you feel like you're overly sensitive in quotations. This spectrum starts with, so on the left you'll have narcissists, and then in the middle you'll have loving and empathic people, and then right above that there's um, highly sensitive people, and right above that is empaths. So we're really, when you're, when you're an empathic person or an empathetic person, mm -hmm. Um, I don't know which term that is, I just realized. But when you're one of those, <laughs> you are like the direct opposite of a narcissist. So that can just show you how extreme being an empath actually is so that you know this is something that I get to pay attention to and have like some sort of empathy hygiene routine for. One other important thing that I think is good to note is from my research, I also know that empaths tend to attract narcissists into their life. So narcissists are attracted to empaths and empaths are attracted to narcissists. And so most empaths have been in an unhealthy, abusive relationship um, to some extreme mm -hmm. because we are so sensitive that we tend to think that we tend to blame ourselves for a lot of things and think that it's us and not the other person. Mm -hmm. And narcissists tend to blame the other person and not themselves. And so you get in a relationship with those two people and the narcissist thinks it's the empath and the empath thinks it's the empath. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard for empaths to get out of those relationships because, because of that blaming this dynamic. Yeah, because of that dynamic. Um, so until you start to kind of learn about yourself and have healthy boundaries and stick up for yourselves, um, for yourself, you will probably tend to attract more of a abusive or narcissistic person. I like that. That's very interesting. Um, so we share a lot of the traits of a highly sensitive of highly sensitive people, um, and I'm just gonna go over these traits really quick, um, and then build upon them in a second. But these traits include a low threshold for stimulation, the need for alone time, sensitivity to light, sound, and smell, an aversion to large groups, um, and it also takes a highly sensitive person longer to wind down after a busy day since their ability to transition from a high stimulation to being quiet 
from high stimulation to being quiet is slower. I think it's good to note this because you can realize this in other people, even if you aren't an empath, you can see that, oh, okay, this person doesn't like being around large crowds, or okay, this person, my husband or my wife or my sister or whoever is coming home, um, that if they take a little bit longer to adjust to their surroundings, that it's not that they're being lazy or that there's something wrong with them. It's just that it just takes them a little longer because they're a little bit more empathetic. Well, it's maybe. cool looking at your notes because your notes are, um, they're explaining the difference between just a highly sensitive person and an empath. Mm-hmm. And um, highly sensitive people fill those things, but it says highly sensitive people are usually introverts where empaths can be introverts or extroverts, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I just talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also the biggest difference between empaths and highly sensitive people, um, she has a great, great paragraph on it. So I'm just going to read through it really quick. Um, It says, however, empaths take the experience of the highly sensitive person much further. We can sense subtle energy called Shakti or Prana in Eastern healing traditions and actually absorb it from other people and different environments into our own bodies. Highly sensitive people don't typically do that. This capacity allows us to experience the energy all around us, including emotions and physical sensations in extremely deep ways. And so we energetically internalize the feelings of pain of others and often have trouble distinguishing someone else's discomfort from our own. So this is what we were talking about before, Of, but it's just that extra, we literally are taking this pain or these feelings and we're putting it into our own bodies, not even just feeling it, but it's in our, in our bodies. As if it is us. Right. And so that, I just wanted to touch on boundaries again. Mm -hmm. That is extremely important because there are some people that could be pretty toxic for that. And I wouldn't even like boundaries, boundaries to the point of, yes, I don't want this person in my life anymore, but also boundaries of if someone around you is saying negative things or, uh, being a drama queen or um, being a victim, call them out on it. Because especially if you want to continue a relationship with those people, you're going to internalize those things. And I feel like in my experience, that has made me shift completely from one day I'll be like, okay, yes, I not being a victim makes total total sense to me. I want to be on this energy high. I want to be on a higher level, but then I'll be around somebody who's talking negatively and I will all internalize it and I will mm-hmm. become that. And even TV shows, mm-hmm. all of those things that we mentioned previously, I will take that and I will make it part of my everyday life. And all of a sudden, all these things, these tools, these tips, all of these things that I know kind of go out the window because I'm taking on what other people are doing and feeling. Yes. So I do have one more article, but as we've kind of covered all of the traits of an empath um, throughout the entire episode, I'm not going to go into it. um, I'm not going to actually go into the article, but I am going to include the article in in our show notes. I'll go ahead and include the article in our show notes and it's called the top 10 traits of an empath so it kind of goes over some of the things that we've touched on and some things that we haven't but it goes into a little bit more detail if you're interested in learning more our quote for the day is empaths be like (laughs) i don't just listen to your words i listen to the use of your words your tone your body movements your eyes 
your subtle facial expressions. I interpret your silences. I can hear everything you don't say in words. Mm. And of course, I picked that quote because I relate with it so, so much. much. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and I just have to say to my husband, see, I can read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> see, I do have a superpower. <laughs> Um, All right, so the weekly challenge this week is to take an empathy test. So I'm going to link one down in our show notes, but we also, if you find one that you like better than this one, be careful about your sources, obviously, as always, but um, if you find one that you like better, then use that one. But this one is by the same person who wrote our book recommendation, Dr. Judith Orloff, Um, and it was, I did this one myself, and it was a pretty... It was a pretty good, I felt like the questions were pretty spot on, and it allows you to kind of self-assess, so it's not like one of those, um, like, BuzzFeed quizzes. <laughs> well, and what's but, cool, too, about her book, if you do decide to um, either read or listen, I, I got her book on Audible, is that she talks about many different types of empaths. So it's not just are you an empath or not, but there are so many different types of empaths and different ways to experience and use that gift. Very interesting. I loved her book. I highly recommend it. I've sent it to my sister. I've sent it to my daughter. (laughs) I love this book. So hopefully I'll get a chance to listen to that. All right. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Um, We do want to hear from you. We love getting emails from you guys and even comments on social media and things like that. So if you want to reach out to us and be our friend, um, our email is thehappyplaceproject at gmail.com. Our Facebook is at The Happy Place, and happy, as always, is spelled H-A-P-P-I. And our Instagram is The Happy Place Project. Also, if you guys would take some time to leave us a review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it because it does boost our ratings and um, gets us out to more people. And if you want to share this with anybody that you know, do that today because word of mouth is the greatest way to spread love. And obviously, if you know someone in your life that this relates to, even if it doesn't relate to you, it could be very helpful for them. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Love Love you. you. Be Be strong. strong. Man, we rock at that now. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.